Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ignite Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Mahalski. As an author, speaker, and life coach, I believe in sharing my real-life stories and experiences on what it really takes to achieve success. There are too many amazing people out there giving up just too soon on their dreams. Our mission is to help encourage, support, and inspire you to stay persistent, keep taking action, and believe in your dreams. Our experts are getting real, vulnerable, and being openly honest with you about exactly what they experienced and what it takes to achieve success and the challenges that they faced along the way. We are here to support you in your journey. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I want to introduce you today to Reverend Karen Russo, MBA. She is the award-winning author of The Money Keys and Grow Yourself, Grow Your Wealth, as well as the creator of CFO Camp. Karen offers a fresh, holistic approach to understanding and thriving with money in today's world. She earned an MBA from Columbia University, excelled in a corporate sales career, and is an ordained minister of religious science. Karen shares with you from over 25 years of study and success in business, spirituality, as well as personal growth. Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith of the Agape Center and Oprah's Super Soul Sunday has this to say, the beautiful being that I know as Reverend Karen Russo is a faithful servant, student, and teacher of the universal spiritual principles. So welcome, Karen. I am so excited to have you here with us today. Well, just to start out. And jump right in and just have you share a bit of your journey with us, you know, some of the challenges that you faced, how you were able to overcome them, and the way that you really used them to go out and see such amazing success in your life. Well, I appreciate that, Nicole. I think, um, you know, it's so interesting. You think about uh, how challenges connect to success. I always feel like that idea of the spiral is a really good image, isn't it? It's that I... I my belief is that we each come into this life and we bring with us topics and issues and things that we're going to work with. And it seems like life is a spiral of not going from good to bad, but going from, oh, here's a perception about love or worth or power or truth, you know, whatever my, uh, destiny issue purpose is in this lifetime I'm going to dance around it learn more about it expand with it and keep going and uh, I would say my big theme for my life has been a lot about expression and my challenges as a young person is I was always a kid who was playing school instead of dolls you know I loved the idea of being a student and being a teacher and then I was, and that school for me was a respite from some of the challenges in my youth and family life. And then I hit my teens and my 20s, and I had tremendous challenges with alcohol and, you know, things I did when I ingested alcohol that led to horrible self-worth that made me want to drink more alcohol. And like many of your community, my first foray into spirituality was, in, was through recovery. And in the recovery journey, I I became a student of let me understand how a power greater than myself can help me with a seemingly powerlessness I have over a substance. And I would say that beginning of that journey 
helped me to express more of the truth of who I am, but also shine the light on the darkness that I am, and also open up to that which I don't know yet and welcome that into my life. So that's that's kind of a metaphysical answer to your, <laughs> your question, but that's really what I see my continued journey having been. And I love that you brought up that you really embraced becoming a student and just learning everything that you could about there's more out there than just us. And I think that really is the key and what most people go through when they're on their journey and they've hit that point that they need to make that decision that something's got to change and that they need to do that. And it's really becoming that student and being open to to learning from others, to learning from and connecting to that source that's greater than us. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about the trend now is um, so much of what's happening in personal and spiritual growth is connecting to all of the research about how to be more productive, you know, and to hack our lives and make the technology work for us and what are our brains doing when we sleep or when we play, you know, computer games on our phones. Like there's a lot of um, emphasis now on being efficient and productive, but so much of that is about putting us in a more efficient way of surrendering to the mystery of, of who we really are, you know? It's like, how can I be more mindful about discovering that I'm really a mystical being with infinite potentiality? So I, I see a lot of the, the spiritual, personal growth and the productivity things kind of coming together. I agree. I think they they for sure need to, to work together. And you said something before, too, about really being aware of the darkness that's within us. And I think that's key too, because I know a lot of people, and I was guilty of this at the beginning, we tend to shy away from that. It's that that dark that we really don't want to deal with, but it really does, if we can embrace that and learn from it, it really will teach us and allow us to become that person that we're supposed to be. And it's not something that we need to fear. Yes. You know, I, I've been, the the more and more work that I do with this idea of embracing our shadow or being willing to face the darkness, it becomes less about accepting the bad parts of ourselves and more about an inquiry into what parts of myself have I kept in the shadow that represent additional capacity. So, like, if I think about financial forgiveness which is a topic that I work a lot with. So I, you know, I offer a holistic approach, spirituality, beliefs and habits to money stuff. And with financial forgiveness, what I often see is that people will have made decisions in the past that look like mistakes. So there'll be someone who says, um, I had a bunch of money, but then um, you know, it just seemed to float all away and I couldn't save it. I'm a bad saver. I have to become a better saver. Like that that's one and and maybe that can be factually sort of helpful. But then if you look a little deeper, it turns out, oh, here's a gal who saw money ruin her parents' marriage, fighting about money creating so much tension. And you get some compassion when you realize here's a person who taught themselves how to make money but there was a self-protective mechanism that said, if I want love in my life, I want to get rid of the money because it causes pain. 
So if you see that, like, oh, that was some kind of self-protection from a childhood perspective that had me not be able to save and hold money. There's something that just goes like, oh, and then you can embrace, you know, and for this gal, I'm thinking about this particular client, what she had to embrace about herself was her craftiness and her capacity to not just survive, but to have an interesting and effective life without being able to save much money. Like, it's kind of like that's sort of like crafty and, and intelligent and um, and resourceful. And if she could just heal that part of her that misidentifies the money as the cause of pain, like she's going to develop more capacity to make more and keep more in the future. But that's that's part of what I, I mean, I'm seeing that, right? It's like when people embrace the shadow, they become more alive. I absolutely agree with that. I think that it kind of goes back to the awareness that's key. And I love that you brought up um, your client's story about money, because I know that that's probably one of the biggest things that a lot of people are struggling with right now. I definitely see that in in my line of work as well as that people don't understand always that, like you said, there can be a deeper issue that maybe you forgot about or you're not really aware of that's really holding you back from the financial success that you're looking for. And it's really taking the time to discover that and bring it bring it up so that you can you can deal with it and then move on and create the life that you're looking for. So I would love if you could explain a little bit more about how you help people with, I know you have your Money Keys program, if you could just explain a little bit about what the Money Keys are and how people can use that to help bring in that abundance that they're looking for. Yeah. Let's start with um, what is money, you know, which is an interesting thing is that often we think about money being a thing of this world that some people have and some people don't. And I like to, to invite people to think about money less like a thing that has its own power and more like this, that money is essentially neutral. It is a symbol of communication, exchange, supply, circulation. But the symbol doesn't inherently have any power except the power we give it. So I like to say money is neutral. The meaning we make about money is very powerful. And you and I, we're the meaning makers. So for example, I was working with a couple this morning, and they have some outstanding uh, debts, credit card, tax, uh, loan debt. And the number of how much it is, they're the ones that say that's either big or little, overcomable or not. And um, one person's unthinkable, uh, outstanding debt could be another person's like, oh, honey, you need, you know, you got to spend money to make money. Like, just know that sometimes we look at numbers and we're the ones who have the big emotional reaction or the big mental story, and we can control that. So a lot of, you know, the folks that are going to be listening to and connecting with Ignite Your Purpose and with you, are we're all people who are in first world situations with, God bless us, access to clean water and the internet and freedoms. 
that many of the billions of our brothers and sisters on this planet are going to struggle with. And I'm not making anybody's story <clears throat> less dramatic, but it's like if you, we just kind of connect to like, oh my gosh, I have so much to work with. Let me be grateful and impressed and excited and honored to have what I have. Then I'll be more empowered to give it and to share. And then also when people are in really challenging situations due to job loss or bankruptcy or betrayals or whatever kinds of real circumstances you face, um, you don't have to over-hystericalize it. You can be in many ways um, kind of soberly saying, this is a challenge. I know that there's a power that's greater than this that I'm going to access. So that just even that piece, can you just kind of feel it like money's neutral. It's the meaning that has the power over us. I think that is so true, and it is really about what we attach to it, and I think we don't really, sometimes we don't realize how much power, you know, that meaning that we attach to, let's say, money can really have on what we're trying to do and accomplish. It can either help us or really hinder us in that, so really being aware of how we think about things or the attachments that we're placing on uh, things like money is so important to be able to to move through and start achieving what we're looking for, definitely. Yeah. Think about um, how we are with language. So language can be profound or profane uh, or technology. It can be trivial or transformative. So things like language or technology are tools. And if we are related to money more as a tool or a modality, it just, it, puts us in more of a creative and empowered position. I really like thinking of it like that as exactly like a tool or a modality, something that we can use to help us. And can you maybe, I'd like to jump back just a little bit and could you share with us maybe a point where that was really significant that you really made that decision to go out and start creating all these amazing programs and seeing the success that that you are right now, was there a shift that you can identify that really gave you that that push or that encouragement to step through maybe some fears about, you know, starting to achieve some of the things that you were wanting to? Yes. You know, I'll, I'll talk about, um, it was about 10 years ago when I was, was always, as you remember, the student teacher thing, I, I was a teacher of spiritual programs within the um, Church of Religious Science, the New Thought. I was with at Agape with Dr. Michael Beckwith and other churches and centers. And I was teaching the uh, spiritual practices and practitioner training, and I was doing all of that. And I was um, becoming an ordained minister and working within a center. And I was a good teacher of other people's content. But it became clear to me that I wasn't going to be a pastor of my own community. It was I wanted to keep teaching and speaking and being out and sharing and working with people. And it was for the first time in my life, what's my own message? What wants to come through? And a little bit of a fear I had, which um, is not uh, going to be unfamiliar to you and to your your community and audience. And that is, um, what do I have to say that hasn't already been said? Do you know, like... Uh, 
if you think about teachers thousands of years ago saying things like um, all is attachment release or, you know, it is done unto you as you believe. And you're like, why else? What do what would I add to that conversation? So I had a little bit of that, like, what will I say that will be new or different? And what came through is, and this would be a, a coaching I'd give is, I just looked out and said, well, what am I interested in that is worthy of my study and inquiry? And that put me in more of a place of being of service rather than a uh, look at me, I know something no one else knows. So I looked around, and this is where the three money keys come from, is I had always worked with this model of spirituality, beliefs, and habits. So the idea that there's an infinite spiritual source, there's the consciousness, mental and emotional, that we work with as human beings, and then there's our actions and circumstances and results of this world. And when I, so if you think about like 10, 12 years ago, it was the early 2000s, and back then I would go to the spiritual centers and there was a lot of abundance consciousness, and there was definitely affirmative prayer. So people were working at the level of spirituality and with belief. And then I would go to these wealth-building workshops where there'd be a 1,000 people in a ballroom, and we'd all be giving each other high fives, like, you've got a millionaire mind. And we were all going to be doing investing in tax liens and day trading and network marketing and real estate and all of that. And so it was a lot of habits and actions, and it was definitely mindset. But you can see in the spiritual centers, it was a little light on action. And in these wealth building workshops, it was a little light on spiritual surrender. So I was interested in how all three go together. And that was where it was like, oh, let me study, teach, explore and having a model or a piece of work that isn't so much about this is mine, but more about this is what I'm interested in, helped me to bring forward something where I get to say there's three money traps or myths, you know, there's, uh, and, and each of those different myths uh, corresponds to a spiritual principle that can set you free. Like I created curriculum based on something I was learning about. So that may be a doorway of opening for people who are in creation and recreation mode. I think that is a great example for others to follow because I know one of the biggest questions that I get is, how do you know what you're supposed to be doing? Or you get all kinds of ideas, but you're not really sure on the direction to go. So I really like that you said that you looked for things that you were really interested in and that were worthy of you learning more about it so that you could make it your own and really share it. And then also the other thing that I think is so important that you brought up was that in doing this and you were talking about how sometimes things are out of balance where you can get a lot of the spirituality side of it, but you don't get a lot of action and that it really does take a balance in both that belief and the action to go achieve what you're looking for because I I get um, quite a few people asking me about the law of attraction and they get very frustrated and saying that it's not working. Hmm. Well, it is working in the sense that you are putting all that belief in there, 
but you still have to go and take the action towards what you're what you're working towards. And I think a lot of people forget that. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's really, that's my gift for everybody, which is um, the three money myths kit is really a way for people to start to have a wider curriculum of understanding about what's happening with how we create our financial experience. It does include our spirituality. You know, what do we believe about the divine and money it also includes mental emotional conversation law of attraction what's our consciousness creating and yes thank you nicole (laughs) you're very gentle about this but you're like people you've got to get into action but also you know what are we doing in terms of our habits our systems and our information in this world because we if we don't have all three operating we we are, are unlikely to create and sustain a forward-moving experience of money. That is very true. Could you maybe explain to the audience a little bit about, about what the money keys are? Yes. So the three money keys. So the, in each of those three areas, spirituality, beliefs, and habits, there's a trap, which is a challenge, and then the key is a spiritual principle. So, and, I'll, and I'll also add an action step you can take. In the area of spirituality, the trap is scarcity. It's fear about money. And this can be from mild worry to abject terror. When we're afraid about money, we're always future focused. It's almost always like, what, will I, what happens if I lose or there's something isn't there in the future? And it can seem like, well, here's the myth, that more money would solve it. But really, it's a call for the principle of unity, our oneness with something greater. And the only way to feel a sense of spiritual security is to be connected to the divine, to the greater, to something beyond the material. And one of the actions you can take to activate that would be gratitude, that being grateful not just for the money, but grateful for the spiritual source behind the channels through which money flows. And then the second of the three keys is the area of beliefs. And in this area, the trap is what I call superstition. It's mostly the jail of our money past. So superstition is guilt, anger, resentment, shame, upset about what's happened in our past about money. And that's almost always um, decisions or choices from the past that we are carrying with us into the present moment. And when that happens, our creativity is squelched. We feel burdened. We can think if we only could get them to change, then we'd be free. But really, it's a call for the laws of co-creation, like the law of attraction, where we must release the judgments mostly about ourselves and adopt a more affirmative approach that helps us create what we want with our money. And so I would say the action to take on that one is to engage in some financial forgiveness of yourself. So what is it about your money past that you're willing to shift your belief about? And then the Mm -hmm. final one is the, the habits. And in this area, the trap is really all about the overwhelm. I call it survival mode. So in the area of our habits, we'll know we're in survival mode if we've got 
commingled personal and business, if we can't get to the information we need, if every time we go to manage or spend or engage with our money, our, we feel like our time and energy is getting drained and wasted. And with that, we think, well, if I had uh, more money <laughs> or the right team or the right system, then I could get out of this. But really, to get out of survival mode, we want to activate the law of circulation. And the law of circulation is this ironic thing about giving and receiving. So I will always say to people, if you want to have more money flowing in, be sure you are a giver. And we talked about this you know, in some of our past conversations, that being a giver means giving thanks for the 100% that comes in, and then on a regular basis, engaging in spiritual giving or tithing, which is off of the top, giving a percentage of the money that flows in to people, causes, and institutions that really inspire us. I really like that you you bring up how money is not the solution. More money is not the solution because I know that that's what a lot of people think. I've definitely been guilty of thinking that too when I've gotten into situations where I was like struggling a little bit and just thinking that money would definitely help me get out of this. But I know from past experience too that it really doesn't. So I really like that you bring up the three different areas that you need to work on and how to get them working properly because there is that underlying, you say, um, could be judgment or all the attachments that you've made towards money, the um, the meanings that you've set to them. And if you don't deal with those and and clean them up, then more money's not going to solve it because you're going to find yourself in that same situation again eventually. So really doing that work that you need to around, you know, you say your spirituality, beliefs, and habits to really get them all working together. I think those are amazing resources for the audience to look into. Yes. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us today? Yeah, I would say um, my final thought would be this, is that don't wait. Don't wait till you think you have enough money to be a giver. Don't wait to share your gifts with the world till you think you've got your product and service and branding perfect. You know, don't wait to be uh, generous and grateful until you have more. Is I, I really think it's like circulate from the start, be generous from the start, be grateful from the start, and really for the folks who are in your community and in this audience, that uh, having us be in the stance of being peaceful and generous and prosperous and free we can do that right now, and it makes a difference to a world that needs us at our best. That is very true. So for I know there's going to be some people listening and thinking that they just don't have anything right now to give. Do you have an example of maybe what are the easiest ways that they can they can really start that circulation process and give something? You know, I this might seem... Um, it might annoy people, but that's okay uh, because change can be annoying. <laughs> My encouragement is is give every week and give something financially. So sometimes people will say, "Well, I want to wait till I have more." I would say take at least you know it could be one tenth of one percent. It can be small amounts, but give every week on a consistent basis. Give financially and give to people, institutions, causes, or places that inspire you. So not so much giving to need, but giving to inspiration. And find a way, um, even if it's small amounts, 
to be giving financially. And when you're giving, you're giving thanks for the 100% that's come to you, and then you're giving, you're leaving behind with your spiritual source some symbol of that supply, and you're training yourself to be a giver. I think that's great advice. And again, really making it simple that just give anything, just start where you're at and that small token that you can give, you can just build on that as you get going and and increasing that along the way. So I really like that idea. You know, one of the practices that I have is that when I'm out and about, you know, we always have at the grocery store, they're raising money for like the children's hospital or something. So they ask you for your dollar or two donation. My little trick for that is that I just kind of have it set in my mind that if they ask me, then I just automatically will do that as my way of of giving back into the community. So then I don't even really have to think about it. And it just comes naturally as I'm out there. So I really like the ideas that you have. And can you maybe share with us, with the audience, where they can find some of your amazing resources? We will also put the links up for the podcast intro as well. They'll all be there. But I'd love the audience to know where they can tap into some of your amazing resources that you have. Yes. The best place to start would be 3moneymythskit.com. So the number three and then money, M-O-N-E-Y, myths, M-Y-T-H-S, kit, K-I-T.com. So the three money myths kit.com. And that's a place where you'll see a video intro and then you can get immediate access to a longer video training about the three money myths. You'll get a quiz to know where you're uh, stuck and where you can be set free. And then when you do that, you'll be part of our <clears throat> email family. And I send a short inspirational message every week. And then on Facebook, um, Karen Russo, uh, you can go ahead and just search on Facebook for The Money Keys, and that's a great place to stay connected with me, too. Awesome. I really appreciate you sharing that with the audience. And again, we'll definitely have those links in the podcast description so that they can go click right on them. And Karen, really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to share with us today. I know that our audience is going to get incredible value out of out of your money keys and everything else that you have to offer us. So I'm really grateful that you're able to do that with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. I want to thank you for joining us today. Remember, there'll be a new podcast every Monday and Thursday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Could you please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast? This is a crucial step in allowing our podcast to grow and get noticed. Simply click the iTunes link. I would very much appreciate your help and support on this. If you like what you hear, feel free to send us a tweet and share it with others. We are always wanting to hear from our audience. If you have any suggestions for guests you would like to hear from, please let me know and I will do my very best to have them on our show. If there's a specific challenge, fear, or obstacle that you would like covered, Let me know that as well, and I will find a guest who is willing to talk about it. Lastly, please make sure that you head on over to our website, igniteyourpurpose.ca forward slash podcast, where we have amazing free resources just for you. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter that will be full of great guest links and promotions that we'll be offering in the future. Until the next time, remember, keep working towards those dreams.